Guys, welcome to the Runner Back Podcast. Uh, this is different for us. We're going to run straight into a, a recap podcast of UFC 246. Our co-host Snags, Sugar Snags, as he likes to be known, couldn't make it tonight. Uh, he wanted me to tell the, the audience that he was holidaying Barbados, but we all know that's bullshit. <laughs> so we're just going to run into it. Hey, boys, huge card tonight. I fell asleep at one stage, um, <laughs> but I'm glad our boy Conor McGregor brought us back with the, with the huge win in the last but we're going to go through this card craig uh, do you have the card in front of you craig do you want to run I, through i'll the res- get it up right yeah, now yeah get but, the results um, up do you want to run us through just the results from the card and if we've got any thoughts the, on that yeah main card first fight on there was anthony pettis carlos diego fajaya and fajaya said he wanted to test anthony pettis's grappling skills and he did he one by did. submission in the second round and the only bloke on the podcast that actually took that yeah, I, I I was feeling it, and also Anthony Pettis is a crapshoot. He's like a he's a he's a coin flip, and this this is the dude who beat he knocked out Wonderboy Thompson. Um, and I think now his record in the UFC falls to nine wins and nine losses, which wow. is not the start that you would expect from Anthony Pettis. Incredibly underwhelming performance tonight as well. Not only was it a loss, at no point did it look like he was in a winning position, which is uh, the most disappointing thing. Uh, he didn't look like he was awake. It was it was bizarre. Yeah, it was Does he fall weird. out of the top ten after this? I, I'd have to think so. Oh, you uh, lightweight, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Like the like I was looking at the lightweight rankings earlier in the day, and it's it's a killer. Like I, he has to he has to drop out. I think. I think the cool thing about the UFC, though, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's got star power. He's people actually buy tickets because they want to see Anthony Pettis fight. So. Uh, I don't think it's going to do too much to his credibility, but it might do a little bit to his rankings. His next fight, though, like, honestly, if if he shows up like this again, one one fight down the line, I can't see that that's stop. He can't rely on the Showtime kick forever. If he does a performance like this one more down the track, I think he's in a bit of trouble. Honestly, I think he becomes that fighter that the up-and-comers uh, get to make a name oh, for yeah. himself. I think that's now Anthony Pettis for, for life. Start calling out Anthony Pettis uh, for your wins. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And this bantamweight fight, which is a little replacement fight yeah, uh, for the unfortunate misweight um, of our, the fight that we're really looking for when you look back at the podcast. Yeah. I think we're all excited about the Claudia fight uh, and um, Alex didn't didn't make weight. No, it was, it was a big weight loss too, a weight miss as well, 5.5 pounds yeah, above the 125-pound uh, limit, a 126-pound limit. I'm surprised um, in Vegas that you can't get away with that weight difference. Oh, and and um, Claudia accepted the fight as well. She yeah, said, "I like want this 30, fight." 30% uh, they both accepted pay. it. It's like a thirty percent pay difference or something like that. That's what. Was yeah, going. yeah. I think I think it scales depending on how much you miss weight. And I posted a tweet about it, talking about how um, this kind of thing had happened before a couple of times in Vegas, uh, and one time, and I think that this might be on UFC management. If you know a fighter's going to miss weight, get them to weigh in first. Um, And if they weigh in first heavy, the other fighter, they still want that fight and they know the fight's going to get cancelled, they can rehydrate a little bit. Um, And that has happened in the past where fighters have rehydrated to be within the allowable limit. Um, It's kind of dodgy, but I think if you want the fight to go, I think Claudia Gidelia would have rather fought a, a heavy opponent on a Conor McGregor car with a chance to win in front of Conor McGregor by rate, I think she would have rather like she. That's such a huge. You can't calculate the amount of money that she's missed out on on yeah. this. She gets her show money. It's very very nice. I had her winning that fight, so that would have been her win money, and then the star power for winning 
perhaps impressively on um on a Conor McGregor card. You can't you can't appreciate that. Yeah, well, and how did you see the bantamweight fight? I thought it was a fantastic fight. Uh, nice and quick. Um, obviously, uh, I think o- O'Day Osborne came out hard. O'Day Osborne versus Brian Kelleher came out. Uh, he's striking. He looked so fast, and the commentators were commentating on it as well, commenting on it as well. Um, Brian Kelleher did what he needed to do, took him down and submitted him early. I thought, I thought it was a good, fast, uh, pretty indicative of what a bantamweight fight in the UFC looks like nowadays. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the cool thing was... Um... My all my money was on Osborne. I was reloading my multi as we mm. went. Uh, like the the way he just pressured in that fight, I just thought he had enough yeah. to get going. But uh, Kelleher was uh, his pressure was immense. So it, it was a it was a good choice by him to like pushing against the cage. The the commentators were uh, ragging on him for getting in the position that he got in, but the cage ended up becoming a bit of an assistance too. As soon as he locked up those legs, it just there was nothing. So. Yeah. That uh, was a good win. Anyway, I won't spend too much time on that fight. This heavyweight fight, which we talked heavily on the podcast, nearly went the way we talked about on the podcast. I think Freaked I was the, only, I was the only one that got it wrong in the end. I, I thought Maurice Green was a chance with the sneaky sub, and we had a lot of back and forth in the group chat, Craig, but ultimately your man prevailed. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I did pucker a little bit a couple of times when Maurice Green threw up his legs. I was like, I was like, oh, please don't, please don't let joke. this happen. Please, not joke. to my Olenic. Snagged. Was there a Kimura or an Americana? There was something in there that got me a little excited. I thought maybe this is the moment, but not to be. The Kimura was close. The triangle was close. I didn't realize how tall Maurice Green was until he was standing next to the cage. I was like, dude, it's like head and shoulders above that cage. Six foot seven, I think. And it's mostly legs as well. So he's paying thirty-one for the sub, and I've got a theory in the UFC: if anything's paying over eight, you've got to put money on it. And Roxanne come through for me in the undercard, but Maurice, not talking about that. Hang your head in shame, Maurice Green. <laughs> We're not talking about. I, I think I think expecting Maurice Green to submit Alexi Olenek, it's a big ask, it's optimistic, especially isn't like it? twelve fights into his into his UFC uh, into his MMA run. Um, beautiful submission from Alexi Olenek, though. I was desperate not to see Snags get his Von Flew choke, <laughs> which, which I think he had for a brief second in that fight. It looked like he might have been setting it up. I think that he, I think he used it as a transition to his scarf hole choke, yeah, which is yeah. one of his favorites as well. Uh, Joe Rogan was getting extremely aroused oh. over over that scarf. He even mentioned it in the uh, in the interview in the ring. So he yep. was like, "Oh, how close were you to getting that scarf hold?" And uh, yeah, even even the Boyleski was uh, was saying, "I don't think it was that close." His arms were no. burnt. So anyway, going into our co-main, uh, Holly Holmes versus Raquel Pennington, which was an absolute snooze fest. I don't know. We obviously me and Stony watched it together. Craig, how did that yeah. fight look from your end? Uh, it looked a lot like my Twitter app on my phone. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> I think we predicted this. If any listeners are out yeah. there, listen to the the MMA predictions for the run it back 246. Craig and myself certainly said, let's just make it through to the main event. And that's exactly how this fight went. Holly Holm has had a total of one exciting fight in the UFC. It just so happened to be the number one fight against uh, Ronda Rousey, but... I mean, her first fight in the UFC was against Raquel Pennington, and it was it was a jab fest. Every fight that she had in MMA uh, in the UFC, she only had a couple before Ronda Rousey, but they were they were that they were jab fest jab fests. Let's just cut it um, off right there, DL. Take us into the main event, mate. 
Yeah. The big one, the big one, boys. And I think I know it's a recap podcast and this is the first one we've done, but I think it <sighs> still needs a little bit of... It's time! Huge fight, huge fight. The the goosebumps were arousing. It was fantastic. I think in, in the theatre, me and Stoney are watching it together. Uh, we were up and about. Stoney, thoughts on the fight? Just your your initial thoughts on the fight before you saw the result. One word. Uh, before I saw the result, yeah. Uh, nervous. Yep. Nervous coming into the fight. There was so much to gain and so much to lose for Connor. The fights that this opened up with a win is enormous. What become of Connor if he had have had a loss? I don't want to go there. Uh, we celebrated with a, a proper twelve. We cracked that at around midday. <sighs> Beautiful. Craig, I'll over to you. How, how did you find the fight? It reminded me a lot of my first time. It was um, it was over quickly, but I was still very very happy with the result. Um, honestly, guys, uh, I, pre-fight I felt the exact same. I got very very excited. I even shot a message in the group chat. Connor walking out, he looked good. He looked um, calm. He looked good all week. Calm. All Super week. calm. Yeah. The eyes in Connor in the Khabib fight, he he looked he looked a little cloudy. He yeah, looked a crazy. little distracted, and I it made me nervous. Him coming out like that. Obviously, Connor starts explosively. Donald starts lethargically. Typically, it all kind of went way of Connor, and it was just, it was. I promised myself I wouldn't give Connor any more chances, but I'm so excited, I'm yeah. so happy, man. Shame Connor on you. There's nothing like it, man. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the same thing is when you get that feeling, and when Connor walks <sighs> out, you get buzzed about it, you get excited about it, you see him in the ring, he's super calm. There was no billionaire strut, which is. Nah. I really like that. I'm like, he's like, he's talked about it being a season campaign. So 2020 is a season campaign for Connor. Wanted to treat Cerrone with as much as respect as possible, but he had a game plan. As you can see, as he launched out after the fight mm. had started, he missed that first punch, right? But even when you look at it, he jumped at him. He still got a little bit of knee and then he yep. put the work in. He's like, this is a new skill. I'm going to drop the level and I'm going to give him this shoulder. How'd you see those, those shoulders? shoulder strikes? My God. How many shoulder strikes do you see in the UFC that actually disrupt the, 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 uh, the fighter that much? Cause Donald was, he was scattered. Mm. Yeah. And it's such a Conor McGregor thing to do. Something so simple as shoulder blocks. And, and that just changed the whole concept of that fight. And talk about Conor McGregor changing the game. Something as simple yep. as shoulder blocks completely setting up a destruction. It was fascinating. Oh, I label that entire performance as flawless. To was- me, the Conor McGregor shoulder strikes, it joins Travis Brown's like uh, defending the takedown elbow to the side of the head and John Jones' sidekick to the knee. Uh, I think that like that, it, it you can't defend it because it's such a rare technique that comes in and it completely caught Cowboy off off guard and then that head kick was beautiful and once the head kick landed the fight was the fight was done Basically, it was pretty much yeah. over and how about that Cowboy Cerrone most head kick knockouts in UFC history how's the irony <laughs> Conor McGregor drops him with he a head kick who that. would have predicted that he wanted that he wanted that it's like he's going i know what he can do but i'm going to do it to him better he's done it's flying crazy. kicks and he's done flying knees I- when's the last time McGregor landed a really hard head kick, like a high kick? I might be completely wrong here. I just can't. I just, it's his left hand and his other styles and he does the running knee normally to start the fight. I can't recall like a head kick coming out and dropping an opponent. I loved it. It was a long time. 
So, sorry to cut you off, DL. Even the, the follow-up knee, which in real time oh. I thought missed, but in retrospect, that connected beautifully. And then the shotgun of a left. I know we talk about it. That left. It was always going to be there. It was there. And uh, I couldn't believe in the in the when Joe was talking to um, Cerrone in the end in the cage, that eye had blown right up. It was yeah, black. he was busted. So I'm like, mate, he's I'm worried really we, taking it. we have a Rory McDonald nose situation going on with uh with Donald Cerrone. That's two fights in a row, well two fights in a row that his nose is just completely blown out on him. Yeah, shout um, out to the ref too with Herb. He uh he really yeah. held off to that fight. <laughs> he Let had him. a chance to stop that fight. And he, uh, Joe, previous, he uh, chose the right way. Stan, you got something on that? Leading into that fight, DL was in the theatre saying, Herb, do not stop this early. And Herb must have heard him because he gave Donald every chance to recover. I think Connor, there was a couple of times there, I think maybe Connor maybe turned his head slightly to Herb and go, Oi, I'm killing this bloke. I'm killing this bloke. I really like Donald. I want to hurt him anymore. So uh, Something else that DL's being incredibly modest. One dollar and four cents sports bet were paying out for the billionaire strut, and they DL were. turned to me at around one thirty and said, "Look, I don't think he's going to do it." And I jumped on to see the odds, and they weren't offering it for Connor not to do that. But shout out to DL, <laughs> you called it two hours before the fight. Yeah, the sports bet, bring your own bets, uh, closed off before we get a chance to submit that one. So uh, maybe next time, sports bet, maybe next time. But uh, what do you think's uh, next for Connor on this? Uh, now it's sort of opened up. It's pretty obvious that the people that are out there, uh, Statman, who do you think's out there for for Conor next? Pre-fight, all I wanted was Conor McGregor versus Justin Gaethje. I think that is a violent fight to happen to lightweight. All I want now, Conor McGregor, Jorge Masvidal. I need it. Inject it into me. I need it now. It's hot. Holy shit. It's hot. Uh, do you know what surprised me? He called out Paul Felder behind the desk. Yeah. <laughs> what a <laughs> weird call out. Was this don't the know. highlight of Paul Felder's career? That he was acting highlight. like, you know, you can get some, but deep down he's nervous. He's never been oh, called shit, out by man. someone to this level. <laughs> Dan Hook- and you're not going to get it, Paul. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's going to fuck Paul Felder right up in New Zealand. Why would Connor even look that way? But, you know. There might have been some little bit of UFC. Maybe you're talking there. about Joe. Everyone just assumes it was Paul Felder. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's picking a bone with Joe. <laughs> Joe's come back. Joe's come back. Oh, look, for personally... Joe, John Anik owes him some money or something. <laughs> for personally, for me, the Masvidal fight is the most exciting one. Look, if you want to look beyond that, and I think he needs to beat Masvidal before he goes to Usman, because I think the triple belt thing is really exciting. And I think Dana White was basically exploding when he saw um, Connor. Uh, take our cowboy in 40 seconds. The Usman fight or the Masvidal fight excites me the most. I would love to see the Masvidal fight because it doesn't matter if he loses that fight. Obviously, I don't want to see him lose that fight, but it doesn't do anything for him because they'll probably make it a BMF or something or Masvidal will go, hey, there's only one belt. I'll put my belt up mm-hmm. for for the fight and we'll go from there. So uh, I don't know. Stanley, what do you reckon? Look, holding true to my 2020 predictions, look, I still think he drops back down. I think the Khabib fight's next. I think he takes that. And then in the meantime, uh, Jorge Masvidal defeats Kamaru Usman for the belt. And then we see in December, Connor, Jorge. And I think Stoney's 2020 prediction is looking pretty good at this rate. Yeah, well, my 2020 prediction is looking a bit Three fights, three belts, <laughs> retired. 
I had Macy. I had Macy Barber as breakout fighter. But uh, if you do, Bless. Your, if you do your ACL, <laughs> Bless. <laughs> if you do your ACL, it's always going to be hard. Anyway, thanks, boys. I know it's a quick run it back podcast, but this is just a quick recap on two forty six. If you like what we're doing, jump on all our socials, like, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. My name is Daniel. Stunny. My name is the Statman. And quietly, the Statman four and zero tonight on well the done, uh, podcast. So. No well solo done. clapping. Well done, stat man. Shout out to Sugar Snags. Uh, he's been doing lovely work on social tonight. Got uh, 25,000 uh, interactions with his tweet tonight. So he's up and about, but uh, he's joined Barbados. Uh, quite lovely. Anyway, thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, we'll catch you on the next Runner Back podcast. Ciao.